Welcome back, Cover 7 family, to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all have had a great New Year so far. I know we're barely a week into it already, but I hope y'all have been able to keep on y'all's resolution goals. I've definitely been kind of borderline that, but still, I've been working on it. But anyway, guys, in today's episode 6 of Catching Up with College Football, which is a brand new series that we do have here on the Cover 7 podcast, where we recap... You know, all of the past week and, uh, yeah, pretty much all of the past week's college football news. So that could be transfer portal news. That could be recruiting news. That could be coaching news. Pretty much anything related to college football we're going to talk about in today's episode. And, well, in today's episode, we may not have a, like, a long slate of news we got to talk about. But some of the stuff we got to talk about, I mean, is is program-changing type of stuff, which includes Wake Forest star quarterback Sam Hartman entering the transfer portal and from what the signs have looked like so far, is likely heading to Notre Dame. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Oklahoma State right now, their football program is currently not on a rise, and you could definitely say it's on a decline after, you know, on, what day was it? I think it was, yeah, I was on Tuesday. Well, we saw a influx, and even a couple of days prior to that, we saw an influx of starters from this past year's team enter the transfer portal and you know what could potentially be the cause of that we'll talk about that a little bit later on also we also talk about some recruiting news A&M flipping another recruit which is kind of like oh not a shock and then we also talk about A&M bringing back a familiar face to the FBS level and Bobby Petrino so anyways y'all we're gonna get on we're gonna get into all of that here in a second but before we do please make sure you guys or you know, rating the rating the um, podcast, giving it five stars, whatever you can, just to make sure you know it continues to stay positively rated. Because I mean, I try to do my best for you guys. I try to make sure I give you the best quality. Also, make sure that you guys are tuning into each episode that we do have. Because if you want to stay up to college football and NFL news, the best way to do it is here on the Cover Seven Podcast. So, guys, thank you so much for all that y'all do. And obviously, I don't want to waste y'all's time, like we always say. I don't want to waste my time either. So let's dive into today's episode. And to kick it all off, we're gonna, like we always do, we're gonna talk some transfer portal news. And the first one, like I just mentioned, literally not even 20 seconds ago, we're gonna be talking about Wake Forest star quarterback Sam Hartman. Now, Sam Hartman has had an amazing career at Wake Forest. He's accumulated almost 13,000 passing yards during his five seasons as a Demon Deacon. Also has 110 passing touchdowns in those five years alongside 41 interceptions. So this guy is definitely the definition of slinger of the football. I mean, this guy literally, he, he, and he's also athletic too. He's also able to run the rock as well. Has 855 career yards. I know it's nothing you know, amazing, but still, he does have some type of ability to get out of the pocket. And it had already been rumored that he was going to likely either enter the NFL draft or he was going to end up tra- uh, entering the transfer portal. And with how strong this year's quarterback class is, it was very likely he was not going to enter into the draft this season. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to test my luck. I'm going to go into the portal, try and go to a bigger platform, a bigger program. And, well, he would do exactly that as Sam Hartman would enter the transfer portal after Wake, Forest, Wake Forest's um, bowl win over the Missouri Tigers. And... You know, some of the rumored teams that were going to get him, you got some SEC programs like Kentucky and everything like that, which he ended up going to, um, which he, which uh, Devin Leary, the former NC State quarterback, he ended up going to Kentucky. Also, um, Sam Hartman, he is from the state of Florida, so Florida was a team to watch out for, but Florida, they got former Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz to go down there. So now it's kind of left to one real contending team, and that is Notre Dame, which 
right from the get-go, the second that this news came out, you had so many media outlets saying that, you know, pretty much Notre Dame is going to be the team that he's going to land to, and you can expect a, you can expect a, um, you can expect some type of uh, official report of it to come later in the week. Now, as of the recording of this episode, he is not officially, officially, he's not really, he hasn't landed at Notre Dame yet, so we're still kind of waiting on seeing, but I mean, if I had to put my money, you know, on any team right now to land Sam Hartman, I would definitely do it at Notre Dame, right? You know, Drew Pine entered the transfer portal. Tyler Bushner, who played really good in the second half of their game against South Carolina in the Gator Bowl, but still I don't think is a future at quarterback for them. So they kind of need, you know, a one-year type of guy before they get 2024 four-star quarterback DJ Carr to come over. So, and who would be a great one-year type of bridge quarterback? Sam Hartman, a guy that could potentially, you know, with, with um, Notre Dame having a top 10 recruiting class in the class of 2023, you could potentially see the Fighting Irish be able to launch themselves into college football playoff talks, and for right reasons. Now, do I think they're going to make it next year? Absolutely not. Nothing against Marcus Freeman, but I think this team is still a few years away from even being, or even really should be in that discussion. But I do think you get a guy like Sam Hartman, that'll completely change your offense. You know, with the leadership and you know intangibles he comes with, also the veteran mindset and veteran qualities that he brings. This would be a great pickup for the Fighting Irish and Marcus Freeman. So we still got to wait and see where he ends up landing. But if I had to put money on it, it probably will end up being Notre Dame. Now, also, since we're talking about some veteran quarterbacks and guys that have been in college football, you know, for a year or two, we're going to go out to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at Coastal Carolina University. And we're going to talk about their star, their star quarterback and a guy who you could say literally single-handedly brought Coastal Carolina up to the level of where they're at now in um, their quarterback, Grayson McCall. Now, Grayson McCall, he's been in the transfer portal for a decent amount of time now. And he was looking at schools like Auburn, Florida. I know Florida was, you know, especially a school that really wanted him, but Grand Mertz ended up going there regardless. So it really was down to Auburn. Now, he planned on visiting Auburn during this upcoming weekend, ended up actually canceling that visit. So it's kind of like, whoa, why would he do that? You know, is there another school that's emerging? But then Grace McCall on his social media would announce that he would be staying at Coastal Carolina for his final year of eligibility, which is huge for the Chanticleers. I mean, this is I mean, this is absolutely huge because I think this program, whenever he does leave, is going to kind of fall back down a little bit and probably end up being in the bottom of the Sun Belt. But I think getting Grace McCall back easily will at least, you know, pretty much guarantee you a bowl game at the very least. Now, you're probably wondering, now, why would he do this? And I think it also could be a mixture of he loves the university, right? I mean, they, you know, they were loyal to him when he was a very lowly touted recruit coming out of high school, you know, has been there for forever, built that program up. You know, it's not something that's easy to just leave, right? And also, too, there was some rumors and stuff that was swirling around in the college football world that it might have been some great issues, too. It might have been whether his credits wouldn't be able to, tra like, transfer over, his GPA wasn't high enough. You know, just a lot of academic stuff. But regardless, he is coming back to Coastal Carolina unless he decides to enter back into the transfer portal. So Coastal Carolina will have their quarterback next year back for his final year of eligibility. So if you're a Chanticleer fan, you're absolutely thrilled. And I don't blame you because watching him at Coastal Carolina has been an absolute just thrill. Because, I mean, if you watched him during the 2020 season, the 2021 season, when Coastal Carolina was really, and I mean really emerging as a strong group of five team, 
I mean, that was that was some of the most fun football you could ever watch. And, well, they've produced some pretty good players into the NFL with guys like Josh Norman and then most recently you got Isaiah Likely. So Coastal Carolina, they're at least going to have their best player in program history back for one more season in Grayson McCall. Now, the next news we're going to talk about and the next couple news we're going to talk about is actually going to be regarding some players that have already announced, you know, guys that have been in the transfer portal and have already announced where they're going to be landing. And the first news I want to talk about, and one of the best players that you that we have overall in the transfer portal is former five-star recruit and Texas quarterback Hudson Card. Now, Hudson Card, during his time as a Longhorn, has pretty much been dealt with the fact of there's always been one other guy, right? Like, he's never been able to be a solidified starter. Originally, started with Casey Thompson, but then Casey Thompson went to Nebraska. So you're like, okay, Hudson Card's going to be the guy going forward. And then you see Quinn Ewers transfer over from Ohio State, and everybody knew from the get-go that's going to be Quinn Ewers' team. So Hutchins Card, being very loyal to his team, I mean, he never really thought about transferring until pretty much this season, you know, decided, okay, well, we'll ride it out, see how it goes. And he actually saw some playing time during this season and looked really good when he did come in, you know, in relief of Quinn Ewers. But ultimately, you only have two years of eligibility left. You don't want to waste it being a backup, especially when you have a bunch of group of five schools that do want you. So he decided to enter transfer portal, and rightfully so. I mean, anybody would do that if you were in his situation where you've got the number one player in the class of 2023 coming in next year in Arch Manning, and then you got Quinn Ewers on top of that, who are both two of the highest-ranked high school recruits of all time. So it, it kind of is not going to work in your favor. So decides, okay, I'm going to the transfer portal and you know, go find my new school, and well, he would do exactly that, is he would announce that he would be transferring to the Big Ten. And you're probably thinking, okay, you've got Wisconsin, you've got even Illinois with Brett Bielema. Actually, Hudson Card announced that he'd be going to Purdue. Now, the one thing that kind of, I guess you could say, I had a kind of question about when I saw this was, is Jeff Brom's not there anymore, right? Like, why would he want to go to a system in which, you know, some Purdue quarterbacks the past few years under Jeff Brom have looked you know, pretty solid. Jake Plummer, Aiden O'Connell this past season. Um, trying to think of some others up to that point. But still, you know, Jeff Brom is a quarterback-friendly system. You know, why would you not want to be a part of that? Say you go to Louisville or whatever. But um, it also does make a mo- It also does make some sense at the same time. And the more I was able to think about it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, for a guy like Hudson Card, who coming out of high school, you're a five-star kid. You're expected to be the best of the best, especially going to a program like the University of Texas you're already kind of put on the spotlight, especially at the quarterback position because, well, all the guys before you, I mean, you're supposed to be able to play up to that standard. And But going to the but going to the Big Ten and going to Purdue at least kind of loosens a little bit of the expectations, you know, as much because now it won't just be solely on you. And also you can, you know, kind of relax a little bit and know that you don't have to have that same type of pressure so to speak right and I'm not saying that Purdue is some you know horrible university or horrible football program because it's not that whatsoever but also there were some other factors I looked into like Drew Brees potentially being able to retain on the Purdue coaching staff because he he was an interim assistant for their um bowl game against LSU which that was a thrashing by LSU but um regardless you know having a guy like Drew Brees mentor you and kind of help develop you during your time at Purdue for two years would be a good thing for Hudson Card if, you know, he really felt like he had some type of potential to make it to the NFL. So Houston, uh, Hudson Card decided that he he was going to be heading to Purdue, and I think it's a great move for the Boilermakers is, you know, they at least now have a guaranteed quarterback one going into next season. 
Now, y'all, for the next news we're going to talk about, and it's another quarterback. As you all know, we've had a ton of quarterbacks hit the portal and transfer. But this one's going to be regarding former Oklahoma and SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai. Now, Tanner Mordecai, this guy is very often on because during his time at SMU when he was under Sonny Dykes, this dude easily was one of the best uh, group of five players in the nation, right? I mean, this he was slinging the football constantly, was top 25 in the nation in passing yards and everything like that. And even this past season, you know, with Rhett, uh, Brett, uh, Brett, Rhett Lashley, I can't even properly pronounce his name, Rhett Lashley's first season as head coach of the Mustangs, you know, he still had a okay season despite the Mustangs not really having that much great success, you know, lost in the New Mexico Bowl to BYU, but most notably had that 10 touchdown performance against Houston which was an FBS record at the time so I mean it was this guy definitely has a ton of raw potential and there's a lot of programs that were looking at him too most notably and a school that I really thought you know once he announced he'd be entering the transfer portal was TCU and I was kind of crazy to think why would he want to go from SMU and go right over to the rival school you know TCU but with Max Duggan hitting the transfer portal the quarterback room at TCU still is going to be wide open going into the 2023 season it would make sense to get a you know a veteran guy like Tanner Mordecai and put him in you know at least for a year which is what I initially thought but just hours after Tanner Mordecai would announce that he would be entering the transfer portal it would already be breaking news that he's actually going to be heading to join Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers now I'm guessing behind I'm guessing this move is going to be more of a give Nick Evers a year to, you know, sit behind Tanner Mordecai and develop because as we all know, Nick Evers was a four-star quarterback coming out of Texas, went to OU this past season and pretty much slid down the depth chart. So he decided to transfer to Wisconsin not even a week or two ago. So this move was like, okay, you know, what's the true, you know, why why would he want to go to Wisconsin? But when you think about it, you get Tanner Mordecai for at least one year, a proven quarterback at that. And you also, you're also able to let, you know, the potential quarterback of your future in Nick Evers develop. So I think this is kind of a smart move by Luke Fickle. But I think for Tanner Mordecai, you definitely had a couple, I think there's definitely a couple other teams you could have gone to. And, you know, me being a TCU fan, as much as it pains me to say, you know, I wanted an SMU player. But a guy like Tanner Mordecai, who's proven that he has been successful in, you know, in the system that Garrett Riley and uh, Sonny Dykes both run, I was kind of, you know, exploring maybe he could come to us. But regardless, Tanner Mordecai's headed up to Madison, Wisconsin, and will become the Badgers' starting quarterback in 2023. So, I mean, hey, what Luke Fickle's been able to do so far for the Badgers has been pretty good. So expect probably a few more transfers to end up heading up to Madison, Wisconsin. Now, y'all, for our next next news and our final, actually, like, commitment news, we're going to be talking about one of the top players in the transfer portal and one of the top DBs in the transfer portal. And we're going to be talking about former Virginia cornerback and, as he's ranked currently at the time, top five player in the transfer portal, Fentrell Cypress. Now, Fentrell's coming off and breakout season with the Cavaliers last year had 14 pass breakups, which led the ACC, had 39 tackles on the year, and also was able to earn all ACC honors. So he's already been balling out in the ACC. And when he entered the transfer portal, plenty of schools were after him, which rightfully so when you're able to do stuff like that. He's a pretty much a ball hawk type of corner and really does not let much you know, get on him. Now, when it came down to deciding which FSU has been on fire, when it comes to landing players out of the portal, which they've already landed a couple of the top linemen, 
or offensive lineman guys in the portal and well they were able to snag one of the top defensive backs in Fentro Cepers as he would actually commit on New Year's Day or it might have been on December 31st to Florida State so this is huge right I mean this is absolutely huge if you're a Florida State fan because with all the transfer portal guys that are coming in you know the added you know added additions on the offensive line to help out Jordan Travis next season I mean, Florida State has the potential to win the ACC next season, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they probably should go in to the 2023 campaign as, you know, the leaders, or I guess you could say the betting favorite to win the ACC, and, you know, getting a pickup like this is another huge reason and why they likely will be. So, great pickup, Florida Seminoles, as they get one of the top DBs in the portal in Fentrell Cypress. Now, y'all, this next news isn't going to necessarily be about just one player in the transfer portal. This is going to be about a whole program, and we're going to go up to Stillwater, Oklahoma, as we're going to be talking about the current state of the Oklahoma State Cowboys and their football program, because right now they are definitely in some trouble if they retain their same coaching staff, and here's exactly why. So over the past few days and even the past few weeks, We've seen a lot of the starters for the Oklahoma State Cowboys enter the transfer portal. One of their best edge rushers in Trace Ford, he actually would enter the portal and commit to their arch rival in OU, which that's almost like a sin up in the state of Oklahoma. They would also lose their starting running back, Dominic Richardson, to Baylor, Jabbar Muhammad, one of their top cornerbacks, to Washington, Mason Cobb, another one of their best linebackers, he would head out to USC, Braylon Presley, one of their top wide receivers, he would head out to Tulsa and go back pretty much home. And then when you continue to look at all the guys that have entered here recently, you've got John Paul Richardson, who has definitely emerged as one of the top targets for the Cowboys in the wide receiver room this past season. He's actually entered the transfer portal. Langston Anderson, one of their top wide receivers, has entered the transfer portal. You know, you lost Spencer Sanders, which wasn't as really much of a surprise because, to be frank, he's had a lot of SEC schools probably calling his name. But would you just continue to look at all of the guys they have lost in just the amount, like short amount of time? And, you know, on the same day, they would lose, or not the same day, but in one of the days they would lose who's arguably going to be their wide receiver one going into next season, Bryson Green, who was a three-star coming out of the 2021 class. So definitely some con concerning times right now for Oklahoma State. And, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, you're in the state of Oklahoma. You know, you got to battle out the Sooners for recruits, which Oklahoma's probably going to win each and every single time. But this time, that's just not the case because I've, you know, done a little bit of my research, looked around, especially with a lot of, like, Oklahoma State fans and media people and everything like that. And it's kind of become a consistent that their offensive coordinator, Casey Dunn, who by by all means has been a horrible play caller this year for the Cowboys. I mean, abysmal. And, you know, they've rightfully given him a bunch of crud for it. But apparently... Maybe, you know, outside of the system maybe not working and players not really fitting into that, there might be a lot of off-the-field stuff that's going on, like him just simply outright telling players, you know, I will kick you off the team, I'll send you back home packing. I mean, you can look it up on Twitter for yourself. There's plenty of tweets that are about it. But, I mean, there's something going on right now in, in Stillwater that we just fully do not know about. And, you know, if you're an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan right now, I really want to hear what y'all are thinking because – this is definitely worthy of concern because when you've got pretty much all of your starters going into next season already gone now, I mean, what does that really say about the culture that you have at Oklahoma State? Because, you know, guys simply aren't wanting to play for you. And, you know, one of your best players in Trace Ford actually ends up entering the portal and goes to your rival. You know something is not, you know, something is not go like going on or something's not going good for you. So 
Anyway, regardless, I just wanted to kind of mention that because I've been seeing it these past few days, and it's kind of definitely something that I really think should be talked a little bit about. You know, could we potentially see Mike Gundy finally being fired as head coach of the Cowboys, you know, even even though he won a New York Six Bowl game last year? I definitely, the biggest thing with Mike Gundy has always been he's very reluctant to use, you know, NIL and, you know, recruit heavily and everything like that, which is, I mean, he's old-fashioned. That's not the type of thing he wants to do, which is his program. He's going to run it how he wants. But I definitely do think seeing stuff like this and seeing a flock of these type of players just leaving and upright leaving, even Spencer Sanders deleted a tweet where he had like almost like not a laughing emoji, but kind of like you're blushing with your hand over your face emoji, which is kind of like a just, you know, oops, I almost told you type of thing. So, yeah, definitely concerning times right now if you're a Cowboy fan. But, you know, let me know what y'all think. If you guys are some Oklahoma State fans, you know, what do you think they need to do in order to be able to fix it? Because as of right now, I think the almost obvious thing is get rid of Casey Dunn and find a new offensive coordinator because, well, when Jim Knowles left for Oklahoma State, he went out and got Derek Mason, and that was an absolute amazing hire. Is their defense, for the most part this season, when they've been healthy, have been really good. The, the offense has kind of hampered them a little bit at times, and a lot of that was due to play calling. So, anyways, y'all, now we're going to talk about some recruiting news that we do have. And we only have one, and – this actually is regarding one of Georgia's top recruits, and it's going to be about 2023 four-star wide receiver and Georgia commit Raymond Cottrell. Now, Raymond, big body wide receiver type of guy, has got pretty decent speed on him, and, and you know, rightfully so, has been one of the most recruited wide receivers in the class of 2023. And apparently after coming off of a visit from Texas A&M, it pretty much looked very, you know, very evident, I guess you could say, that he was going to end up flipping to Texas A&M, and that's exactly what he did. So Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, who are adding on to a, another really good recruiting class this season, you know, you pretty much flipped so many different guys. You were able to flip Reuben Owens from Louisville. You were able to flip um, Reed over from Ole Miss. I mean, he, don't get me, don't get it twisted. I know NIL is probably a huge factor in this, and even Reuben Owens made a statement about it, talking. I forgot what exactly it was, but it was talking with like on three or something like that about you know what he needs to do to earn his money and everything like that. So you could tell, obviously, money is kind of the main reason behind a lot of these kids going to A and M. But regardless, they're still building a really good team and. And also another thing, and I'm not trying to be like the the devil's advocate necessarily, but I'm also going to be realistic. If you're an A&M fan and you're talking about, well, we have all this talent, we should be good, I look at it as, you know, money. You know, you can buy a good football team and you can buy good talent, but if your team has no chemistry and doesn't bond well together, you're not going to have a good team. So you can buy money and put together, you know, on, on, a, on a stat sheet or on a paper, you know, easily a top 10 team. But if the culture's not right, if the players aren't bonded together, the you know locker room isn't right, the guys aren't getting along. You know, buying a five star that's cocky and thinks he's entitled to everything isn't going to be worth you know paying half of that to a three star kid that's going to work his tail off each and every single day. So just something to kind of remember when you see a lot of these programs getting five stars and five stars and five stars. You can buy whatever you want, but at the same time, if him and the other guys don't get along together. You know, what truly is the cost of doing that? Because we saw half of A&M's 2022 class already end up entering the portal. So I'm not saying that's, going, that's, that's what's going to happen in the 2023 class, but still something to kind of remember if you are an A&M fan. And, you know, since we're already on the topic of A&M and now we're talking about our final you know topic that we did have in today's episode six, we're going to be talking about A&M and their search of a new offensive coordinator. 
And as we all know, A&M's offense was absolutely abysmal this year. Barely were able to score over 20 points in just a handful of games. So rightfully so, they're looking for an offensive coordinator. And they've got there, there's a couple guys, and most notably the one that you kind of heard a lot about was Garrett Riley, the current offensive coordinator of the TCU Horn Frogs, who are going to be playing for a national championship on Monday. So that was the initial thought that AM was going to pretty much give him a blank check, tell him write whatever you want as long as you become the offensive coordinator for the Aggies, and rightfully so because what Coach Dykes and Garrett Riley have been able to do in just one year at TCU is absolutely phenomenal. Garrett Riley definitely has the type of intangibles to eventually become a head coach, so getting him as your offensive coordinator would not hurt whatsoever. But as it would appear, it apparently looks like Jimbo Fisher had his eye on somebody else and a guy that had coached at Louisville, has coached at Arkansas. Heck, he's even coached in the NFL and most recently at Missouri State in which they almost beat Arkansas at home this past season. And I'm going to be talking about, and in case you're wondering who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Bobby Petrino, the most infamous guy in college football, you know, got in a motorcycle accident and that you, if you want to research that whole situation, I'll let you do it. But, um, yeah, so it, Jimbo Fisher finally, you know, settled on that he was going to be his offensive coordinator. And kind of the funny thing is, you know, Bobby Petrino has a track record of kind of abandoning his teams only after a few you know, months or even just a year or two. And we saw it when he was with the Falcons. We saw it when he was with Louisville. We saw, you know, when he jumped from Louisville to Arkansas and then eventually would go back to Louisville. And, you know, right after, you know, his coaching career, his head coaching career at Missouri State ended, he was offered a job at um, UNLV to become their offensive coordinator. So he went and accepted that job about three months ago. And just so happens that three months later, He's now leaving for another job, which I think is kind of funny to think about. But definitely, you know, outside of off the field and skeletons in his closet and everything like that, Bobby Petrino is a pretty solid football coach. Like, when it comes to knowing the game of football, he's definitely a pretty good offensive type type of guy. He as he's a, he has a really good track record with some mobile mobile quarterbacks, with guys obviously like Lamar Jackson when he was able to win his Heisman. So I think getting Bobby Petrino is a good hire for football-wise in terms of, you know, being able to draw plays, call plays, and everything like that. Now, the one thing I am wondering is how will the locker room respond to a guy like Bobby Petrino? Because if you've seen how he's treated his players in the past and seen how he's kind of have that snake mentality of he'll just leave in an instance and will kind of betray you and backstab you when he gets the right type of opportunity, that's definitely something as a player you're going to be concerned about, so something to kind of monitor there as well. But I think this will end up being not a bad hire because it will finally get all the play calling duties out of Jimbo Fisher's hands, which we saw was an absolute dumpster fire this past season when the Aggies went 5-7. and seven. So I still think the future is very bright for the Aggies and definitely getting a guy like Bobby Petrino, who does have a proven record, you know, not, all, not off the field, but on the field, a proven record of being a pretty good offensive-minded head coach and coach in general. So... Maybe this ends up being a good hire for Texas A&M. Let me know what y'all think. All you Aggie fans out there, what y'all thinking of Bobby Petrino? I've seen a lot of people that are A&M fans already kind of saying, out of all the guys we could have got, we picked Bobby Petrino. But we'll, we'll see how this whole thing unfolds. But anyway, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in today's episode 6 of Catching Up With College Football. Let me know Let me know how y'all liking this series. I like it a little bit because we're able to, you know, just talk about all the different news that's going on and everything like that. Let me know if, you know, we should continue to keep doing it because I want to be able to make sure that I, you know, 
not custom. I want to make sure that I'm doing what you, you know, doing stuff that you guys like and not necessarily just talking my talking my butt off just about random things, but you know, let me know what let me know what y'all's favorite topic was in today's episode. Let me know Oklahoma State and A&M, what y'all are thinking about y'all's current situations with whether it's with, you know, getting a new coach or whether your coaching staff is about to leave, players leaving, everything like that. Just let me know about it on social media. We got on TikTok, we got on Instagram. But anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in today's episode. Hope y'all enjoyed once again, and I will see y'all back here next week. As you all know, we're going to have preview episodes for the wild card. We're going to have recap of the national championship game in which I'm going to be absolutely terrified as a TCU fan because I don't know how my anxiety is going to work on Monday. So we'll talk about all that during the week, and I will see y'all back here obviously next Friday as we'll have episode 7 of Catching Up with College Football. So guys, see you then, and have a great rest of y'all's week and weekend. Peace, y'all.